throughout the season, went in trouble in the second half. They managed to find another gear. Can they do it with time running out? There is off. Ingram to bat the ball away. Williams to tie it with a three. He goes! And he put two seconds back on the clock. They're going to try to throw the baseball pass to one of their great jumpers. Remember to clock doesn't stop. And they're touching it. I want to uh, welcome everybody to the first edition, um, the first episode of From the Chief to the Shield. Um, definitely an exciting day for me because, of course, as many of you know, uh, I did a podcast before Chief Talk, um, but I wanted to do something bigger and better and something, you know, I could express a little bit more. Uh, I was made to keep it, you know, under 10 minutes each time. Uh, we're definitely going to go over that more as we do these. Um, so I'm glad you guys have, uh, you know, tuned in and listening. As you guys know, uh, my name is Ryan Evan. You can follow me on Twitter, Alina Swami. Um, I wanted to get somebody to do this with me that, you know, loves Alina sports, that has uh, experience writing um, and has great passion. And so uh, I have chose uh, Zach Leslie to join me on this. Uh, how are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great, my man. How are you doing? Uh yeah, I'm definitely excited. I know we've been talking about this for months now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked to, we, we, we talked about doing this uh, for a couple months. I told you we'd get something figured out, and here we are. Yep. Today's the day, man. First day. It's exciting times. Um, so, um, you know, I want to start off here um, by kind of going over, you know, some of our fondest memories yeah. and um, uh, first Illini memories. You know, for me in particular, um you know, I know a little bit older than you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've talked about this uh, before about um, how, uh, you know, you honestly, from what you've told me, you know, you ha really haven't seen much success from hoops or football, right? No, my first, um, I'll, I'll just say my first, the first game I went to, basketball game, um, was in 2009, I want to say. Um, that was the Dimitri, Dimitri McKamey and uh, Mike Tisdale team and, uh I went to watch them play Purdue. I'm from Indiana, so Purdue was kind of the closest spot. And uh, that was the first game I went to, and that was like the first team I remember um, vividly. So I missed it by just a couple of years, um, living in some really good memories. But um, the Mike Tisdale team did, didn't give me any bad did memories. They win that game in, did they win that game at Mackey Arena? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Because um, I think I, I remember they went through a funk there. Uh, at the, in the end of Bruce Weber's uh, tenure where uh, they couldn't beat Purdue. But I think they did upset them one year there at Mackey Arena. I think it might have been an overtime game. Um, I know they had uh, Jawan Johnson and uh, yeah. Etwan Moore. So, uh, yeah, that, well, I mean, if that was your, that's your first Illini game, I mean, I think you might have chosen a really good game to go to. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I'm almost 30. I went all the way back to – 
1996, okay? Uh, and that was when I was about eight years old. I actually went to uh, Lou Henson's final um, home game um, as, a, as an Illini head coach. They, yeah. they played Minnesota. Yeah, they played Minnesota. Uh, and it was a must-win game. Um, I believe it was Kiwan Garris's final game uh, at home. Uh, they ended up losing that game in a heartbreaking fashion. They played in the NIT and ended up losing to Alabama. Uh, even though that was a home game, it wasn't a regular season game. It was really disappointing. But you know what? That kind of set the tone for me. I wanted more. Um, you know, my, my grandfather instilled a, a lot of orange and blue in me growing up. Yeah. Um, so that was actually my first Illini basketball game. My first Illini football game was uh, 1996 as well. Uh, uh, Illinois played um, Michigan State and Tony Banks, who was an NFL quarterback for many years. Uh, Illinois football really wasn't good at that time either, even though they had Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy. But um, I don't know how much you remember about it, but Illinois ran the ball a lot back then. Uh, and they didn't have a good offense. They had a great defense, two first-round draft picks, actually. Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy yeah, yeah. Uh, were in the first uh, three picks. So uh, those that's my first football and basketball memory. Now, of course, my fondest basketball memory, of course, would be the uh, 2005 team. I'm sure yes. you watched that, even though you were, well, how old were you? Um, I would have been seven, seven years old during yeah. that time. So, I mean, and how, how much do you actually remember about that? Do you, do you remember just, um, just thinking and expecting, you know, Illinois basketball to be like that? I remember losing to North Carolina. I remember that being a big deal because um, obviously the officiating, even at the time, was um, was talked about in a very bad way as a seven-year-old. And uh, I remember feeling like Illinois should have won that game. I, I, and I remember um, like pockets of the Arizona game. I don't remember all of it. Um, but I'm sure you rel- have you rel- relive some of those. On yeah, of course. Big Ten yeah. Network and all that. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, it's. I'm not gonna say it's sad to see Darren Williams like it is now. I mean, I think he's a. I think he could be a solid NFL. I mean, uh, NBA. You know, backup point guard. So uh, people are writing him off about how terrible he was in the finals. But I mean, yeah, he's 33 now. I mean, I think he could be you know a solid NBA point guard. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, well, I do remember Darren Williams getting drafted. I was sitting in my grandparents' living room, um, and I remember seeing on the TV that he had gotten drafted. And so he just kind of became my became my favorite player. And um, he had some phenomenal years in Utah. He was an all-star point guard, top five point guard in the league in Utah. Um, got traded to New Jersey. Um, still had some decent years there. Um, but that's kind of when the decline started. But he was one of my favorite players um, when he was like, when he was in Utah. And yeah, uh, people people need to kind of remember now. He took them to the Western Conference Finals, you know. Yeah. So he was a very good point guard, as you talked about. And so I think he's got a couple more years left in him. Um, I was a big Luther Head guy from that year. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought Luther Head maybe was the unsung hero. That everybody talks about D. Everybody talks about Darren, but I think Luther. Uh, really helped catapult that team to be great. Uh, and so, uh, of course, I love the red, Roger Powell as well. But um, well, so Even Luther got some run in the NBA. So Oh, oh yeah, definitely played with the Rockets for a few years. There. Tracy McGrady, he was yeah. a nice little uh, compliment. Um, so we talked about this, you know, of course, 
everybody knows I do my Illini Periscopes, but uh, we're wanting to do something fun for the podcast. So we're going to introduce um, uh, something called the Ask Swami. Uh, we're going to put that on Twitter, hashtag Ask Swami, and we're going to put that out like I'd say Monday uh the day you know a couple days before because we're going to post these on wednesday so yeah uh does that does that sound like a good idea put them on mondays yeah sounds good and then uh so we're gonna uh have you direct message um zach and what's your twitter handle Uh, my twitter handle is z leslie Wright. um spells spell it just like it sounds um and that's where you can find me on twitter uh, and you'll direct message him. If you haven't followed him, please do already. Um, so uh, I've always liked what he does, and he's a good – you talk about a lot of things, and we're going to get into that soon. Um, you're a big NBA guy. You're a big sports guy, so um, big Bulls fan. Um, so we're going to int- uh, introduce the Ask Swami uh, portion here. So uh, just send your questions. We're going to take the best five questions. And then I'm going to answer them on the next podcast. So uh, whatever you guys got about any Illini topic, you're going to send those direct messages to um, to Zach. Or you could, you know what, just tweet at him with the hashtag AskSwami. That'll work too. Yeah, that works too. So uh, either either one will take the top five. Um, so I think this will, this will be fun. So I won't answer those questions on the Periscopes that week. I will do them on the podcast. So... Uh, with that being said, some of the other biggest news I'd say in regards to, you know, it's the Illinois sports would be the Chicago Bulls trading Jimmy Butler to yeah. the Timberwolves to reunite with uh, Coach Tom Coach Thibodeau. Tibbs, yeah. uh, are you are you happy for Jimmy maybe to get out of the situation or, you know, obviously a little disappointed that he left? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Man, you know, I... I was kind of, I was, everyone was saying, you know, don't expect Jimmy to be traded. You know, if they get the right offer, they'll trade him. And even some of my um, most trusted sources and have, all throughout the week have just been saying, you know, if I'd expect him to be a ball by the end of the draft and then it comes around and then he gets traded. Um, so I was kind of shocked, um, to be honest. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been, but I was a little bit shocked, um, I'm glad that Jimmy is going to go play with some really talented young pieces in Wiggins and Towns. Um, and I'm excited for him to be with Coach Tibbs again. And for the Bulls, I think a lot of people were complaining about the package they got back. Um, I think there are some good pieces there. I think Chris Dunn still has a high ceiling. I think Zach Levine's a freak athlete. And uh, Markinen, I think, has a chance to be a really good player in this league. So I, I think they got some nice pieces to build around, but I think the issue that Bulls fans are having is the ability to see long-term, and um, that's just something I've seen on Twitter. Um, You know, this isn't a one-year fix. This is a multiple-year fix, Um, and they're hoping to have a really high draft pick next year, and, you know, Zach Levine might not even play next year, depending on um, how bad the team is. They may just say, hey, just sit it out, wait till next year. Um, but you know, this is, is a rebuild. Really, is that really a possibility with Levine? I didn't hear. I didn't know that. Uh, well, it's not really being reported, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Uh, it's ha- happened to Carmelo Anthony a few times, um, where he's they've just been so bad, and he was hurt, and they were just like, "All right, you can co- you could come back, but it wouldn't do you any good." So, um, if Levine Dude, does come back, it- I'd I'd expect him to be back. 
um, around the All-Star break. So in February, um, right now I've seen that his knee is about a month ahead of schedule. Um, so maybe um, late December, early January you could see him. Um, but, I mean... The, yeah, there is, a, there is a potential that the Bulls may be really bad next year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, I think they're going to be a playoff team anyway, but, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, 76ers bad. But, I mean, no, they, I think there could be a chance that they're, you know, one of the last-place teams in the yeah, Eastern Conference. Yeah, they should Conference. be. Um, and I think... Would you think that's smart for them to get another really good draft pick next year? Yes. I think looking at Michael Porter, possibly, at, he's at Mizzou, everybody knows that, but... Um, if the Bulls get the number one pick through the lottery and they draft Michael Porter Jr., you're looking at possibly a pretty quick turnaround depending on how good he is immediately. Um, a lot of draft experts have said that there's three or four really good players next year. Um, so you're going to want a top three pick next year. Um, the 10th pick, if you're in any, anywhere from about 6 to 10, um, I think they're probably drafting a little bit too high for this rebuild. But if they get a healthy Zach Levine for 2018, Michael Porter Jr., Chris Dunn develops, Markinen's a solid piece, um, and all these young players take take strides next year, um, this rebuild could turn around faster than most people think. So, you know, I will tell you this: I've been people seeing people saying, "Well, uh, the Bulls wanted to get younger, um, and they did this, and uh, they they still can't, uh, they still don't have shooters." You know, Chris Dunn isn't a. Re- I'll say this: I think Chris Dunn can be a really, really good point guard. I mean, yep. I think he has every attribute that you, you know, you can look for, you know, like I would say this, he's more athletic than Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Definitely more athletic. Uh, he's quick. He can dunk. See, he's, he's he, got a lot more yeah. tools. Yeah. He's, uh, just a big, I said people were comparing him to Marcus smart, but I think he's better than Marcus smart. You know, he's got way more, a better offensive skill set already. He may not have yeah. as good, you know, his shot may be pretty similar right now, but I think, um, he's a good free throw shooter. Um, he's a way better athlete. So uh, I like Chris Dunn a lot. And, I, and people were saying, well, the Bulls are still missing shooters. Now, actually, I don't know if people realize this, but Levine shot near 40% from yep, three. He did. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really see, so I see that, you know, I don't really like how Jimmy was let go. Um, you know, he made comments like, you know, I guess being the face of the franchise isn't all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's kind of hard, you know, but unfortunately it is a business and that guys have to realize this, you know, yeah. uh, that you, you're getting paid millions of dollars and, you know, you may feel loyal to an organization, but at the end of the day, if they feel that it's necessary for you to go, then you're going to go. Um, and in that regard, I'm not joking, I am happy for Jimmy to be re- reunited with uh, Coach Tibbs there in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, so there was another, there's a big, some more big news in the NBA today, just you know, uh, before we got uh, started uh, recording this, um, Chris Paul's getting traded to the yep. Houston Rockets. And Phil Jackson was let go this morning. Yeah, um, and, and, but let's be honest. I think James Dolan, maybe, this may be one of the smartest moves yeah. he's ever made. Yeah, for sure. There was reports last week that Phil Jackson was falling asleep watching top 15 draft picks work out. Yeah, it's uh, all right. So, I mean, you cannot be doing that and making the moves you're doing and thinking about trading Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I, I that's think, insanity right there. Tell you that. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know now, with Phil Jackson being let go, do you think they hold on to Porzingis? I think they should. Um, I think he's he's a corner piece to build around. He's very marketable. 
um, in New York. He's very well liked with the fans. I think um, if they want to keep that fan loyalty that they've had for so long, I think keeping Chris Stapps Porzingis is probably the right thing to do. I think letting Phil Jackson go is a step in the right direction, but um, I still think they have some work to do to make it up to these fans um, that I see on Twitter and stuff. So um, I think keeping Chris Stapps is probably the right the right decision. And now they've got another young a young guard from France who came in. Uh, Frank, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's very athletic. Um, he's a he's kind of a combo you're guard. About the kid, you're talking about the kid that got drafted? Yeah, this year. Frank, Frank Jackson. No, uh, it's like, it starts with an N. Um, it's foreign. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, Nikita Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, I saw him work out. He looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would. You know, people, of course, were ripping him like, you know, he's going to be a bust. It's like, that's not how it works. People thought Porzingis was going to be a bust. Yeah. You know, people thought Yao Ming was going to be a bust. Okay, so, you know, Yao Ming is going to go down as one of the top 20 greatest centers of all time. Yeah. You know, his, his knees just just wore out. So, um, but back to the, uh, real quick, back to the Rockets and Clippers trade. You know, I, we talked about it, like, why would... Um, why would Chris Paul inform the Clippers that he was going to go sign with the Rockets? And apparently from Chris Broussard reported on Twitter that um, that uh, Chris Paul still, you know, had affection and cares about the Clippers yeah. organization, and he wanted them to get something in return for him. Yeah. So they ended up getting Sam Decker, Patrick Beverly, yeah. Lou Williams, and a first-round draft pick in 2018. Yeah, um, total courtesy move by Chris Paul. Um I, I, I think, think that, that goes to show you what kind of guy Chris Paul is. Yeah, um, he definitely helped the Clippers out on that one by just telling them straight up, like, hey, I'm leaving and going to Houston um, so I can opt in and you guys can trade me and get something back for me. And I think the Rockets got somewhat decent of a haul um, here, and they got a potential six-man of the year this year. Um, I think he, he was runner-up to Eric Gordon and Lou Will. Um, they got Sam Decker, who's a young piece, they got Patrick Beverly, um, who's a defensive monster. And then they got a first-round pick, which it could be a late first-round pick. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the Clippers may be facing a rebuild, and you need as many picks as you can get. Definitely. I think they both um, I think they both, you know, won. It was a win-win situation here. And you see people on there talking about, well, what would have happened in 2011 if the league hadn't stopped the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade? You know, like, well, yeah. you know, why, why are they allowing this? You know, I wonder what the NBA landscape would look like right now. But I think, um, you know, it was a win-win for both. Here's the question for Houston, though. Is it going to get them past the Warriors? Probably I just, not. I just saw a report about five minutes before we started this that they were trying to get Paul George. I don't know what assets Houston has left. I'm probably have to be a three-team deal, but that's just something I've seen in the works. Yeah. Um, and, and even then, I don't think, you know, with Paul George Harden called it, uh, it's a sure thing, I think. Yeah, it's uh, still that, 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 enough. <laughs> that, yeah, that's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, I feel good about my prediction. I said Warriors in five, and that's what happened. I think people underestimated Kevin Green a little bit. It was like he was going to be the difference, but people, I don't think people thought it was going to be a landslide series win, though. Yep, I agree. Um, so, last little tidbit here in non Illini related uh, news. I think it's fun to talk about. We, we follow a lot of sports. I'm a big Hawks fan. Yeah. Uh, I am happy that the uh, Blackhawks got Brandon Saad back. Um, they traded uh, Brandon Saad, uh, sorry, Panarin to the Columbus Blue Jackets and got Brandon Saad back. I think 
Um, the Blackhawks getting swept in four games with the Predators is, is unacceptable, and I think the team definitely has made some adjustments to uh, to mend that and uh, get back. I think Brandon Saad brings back some playoff experience and success that they desperately need, especially with Marion Hosa now being out with his skin condition. So that's a big blow for the Hawks as well. Yeah, I think getting Brandon Saad back um, is a big chemistry boost as well. Um, just for Jonathan Taze, you know, Taze had so many um, line changes this past year, so many different partners, and um, it'll be nice for him to just finally settle down and have uh, Brandon Saad, who he can rely upon. And, um, you know, Panarin was awesome, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best um, for the team. And I think I think the Blackhawks will be all right next year. I've got some concerns, especially on the defensive side, but um, – you know, so we, should they go get Patrick Sharp back? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, with that, we're going to transition into some big, big, big topics and uh, big news in Illini basketball recruiting. Um, so as many of you know on Twitter, you know, I've posted things of like EJ Liddell, EJ Liddell and Tim Finke are going to be visiting on Friday, which is huge. I mean, yeah. of course, one's 2018, one's a 2019. I think, um, you know, Tim Finke is going to be a guy I think may not be one of the first to commit. I think he's going to be a little bit farther back because I think he's, even though he lives in Champaign, I think he really likes Notre Dame and he likes Vanderbilt, but he wants to see the staff and the team work out. He wants to see some drills. He hasn't been able to do that. So he's coming on Friday. And um, EJ, EJ Liddell, uh, his Belleville West team, um, and some friends and, and some uh, people he's played with AAU, they're going to be up at the Morris uh, shootout and uh, tomorrow, today and tomorrow, and then he's going to visit on Friday. I think it's a huge visit, of course, with um, you know Javon Pickett and Jeremiah Tillman in his ear, trying to get him to come to Mizzou. I'm, from right now, from what I'm hearing, he's all Illinois. Um, I, I feel real good things about EJ Liddell. Um, you know, I think it'd be huge. He's six foot eight. Uh, he's a monster, and he actually got the better of Jeremiah Tillman last year when they played. Yeah. Um, do you have any like a scouting report on EJ Odell, what he could bring um, to that 2019-2020? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a monster on the glass. He's an athletic uh, – I'm not going to call him a freak, but he's extremely athletic for 6'8". And remember, he's only 16. He's still growing. So by the time he's – you know, 18 years old, you're looking at a guy who could be 6'10 and running the floor like crazy. Um, at the moment, I don't know who to compare him to, but he 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 could be a similar to like a Cliff Alexander right now. Uh, gotcha. Like, is in because he's he's a, a he's a big body. Uh, he rebounds. He eats the glass. He can go up for oops. Um, he runs the floor well. Um, and that's the best example I can give you as where he is now. But I don't know what what he's going to look like in 2019. He has a nice, he has a nice mid-range jump shot right now. He's still developing, but I really like EJ Liddell a lot, and I know that um, Jamal Walker is going to be instrumental in, in getting him to Illinois. And I think that's one of the reasons why they kept Jamal Walker. Uh, you know, you're going to have that link down the Metro East area, and I think he's going to be that. And for Jamal Walker too, it'd be huge um, to land him after um, before the Mark Smith stuff. Um, he was under some scrutiny from the Illini fan base um, for losing some of the biggest talents in the Metro East area. Um, so it would be awesome for Jamal to land EJ over Mizzou and others. Yeah, um, so as of right now, I've got Illinois as the favorite for EJ Liddell. 
Uh, I'm not expecting any commits from those two as of right now. Of course, different classes, but yep. I, feel, I feel like Illinois is, gonna, is leading with Tim Finke in there, a favorite for EJ Liddell right now. Um, Illinois has been trying to get Khalil Whitney, a 2019 kid who moved Sorry. to Roselle Catholic mm-hmm. in New Jersey, uh, and he's he plays for the McIrvin Fire as well. He's originally from Chicago. I know he's in Chicago right now. Um, you know, I, one of the sources on the staff I talked to has told me they're trying to confirm a visit with him. They're try, it may not be this week, but they're trying to get him on campus uh, before the dead period ends next week. Um, so that leads me to the biggest. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker may be visiting Illinois again. Saw that, yeah. So it sounds like, in, a, in my opinion, and I'm sure you may feel the same, if he's visiting Illinois again for the second time in two weeks, it sounds like it's going to be a commit. Yeah, I mean, that would uh, that would be huge. I saw um, on writing, the Riding Illini Twitter page that someone had commented that they weren't fans of, of Horton Tucker. And, you know, I, I, I've i fallen in love with this kid, watching his highlights and uh, just some of his his game film and stuff. And he's, uh, I don't really know who I'd compare him to, um, but his his physique I, yeah, and, his, I, and his size I, I is posted- awesome. Ray Va- Sorry, I, I do apologize. Ravante Rice, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's fair. I think they're, um, as far as how how they play the game is kind of similar. I think Horton Tucker as a physical specimen, um, I'm a little bit more impressed, I'd say. Um, but I'd say the way they play basketball is, is fairly similar. But um, as far as um, just kind of build, I, think- I, I, I like Horton Tucker a lot. Oh yeah, I think that I think Talon Horton Tucker's going to be a better basketball player before it's all said and done than Ray. Yeah, um, I Ray was a Ray. transfer too. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and they and they both have like that tight end body, you know, like that yeah. Antonio Gates, like that bullish like six five four or six five that are gonna you know just get to the rim at will and bully people. And I think uh, right now uh, Talon Horton Tucker's doing that. And I think right now he's he's a lot, he's got longer arms. He's he's a little bit probably a little bit better athlete than Ray, but as of right now, that's who I'll compare him to. I think people were saying Sergio McClain, but Sergio McClain, McClain was not an offensive weapon at all. Yeah. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my book, he's a top 100 player. Uh, he's a four-star player. People may not put him that, and I think right now he's got a chip on his shoulder because he sees that people feel that way about him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about the potential – um, that he has and being on Illinois on the Illini roster next season would just be would just be awesome. I'm really excited about this kid. Yeah, so as of right now, I'm hearing uh, I can't give you the exact date yet, but when I do, check back with Illini Swami Twitter and, and Z Leslie writes and uh, we'll have updates for you on Talon Horton Tucker. What, what are your thoughts on Io? You think um, you know, you think he's a must-get for 2018? Because me, personally, I think he's yeah. he's, a, he's definitely a priority, but I, I love where Illinois is guard-wise right now, rotation-wise. Yeah. I mean, you look at Trent Fraser, you look at DeMonte, yeah. you got Mark Smith. I think he's a priority, but is he a necessity to be successful? Um, I, I will say this. A top 30-point guard never hurts anybody. Uh, you know, adding added him to next year's roster, I think Illinois could be amazing, and they, as far as guard play goes, um, they are they they will already be awesome next year. But adding him into that mix would just be insane. Um, I, I think yeah, I would love to I, see him. Um, if if he goes somewhere else, I'm not going to be as upset about it. Um, 
but I mean, if we get him, I will be bouncing off the walls. I will say that I think he is not a need, but I think he is a desired want and would be the cherry on top and would put help propel Illinois back into elite status. I think yeah. with with UC with the guards they have right now, I think Illinois next year is going to be an NCAA tournament team. I don't think yeah. they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be a top four team in the Big Ten next year because again, there's still some issues. Um, a lot of new faces <laughs> too. Yeah, there's going to be some youth and some growing pains, especially down low. You know, you're getting Matik Basile from Slovenia. You got Gregory of Blake Boat. You got two guys that are going to give you minutes down low that are freshmen. You're going to have three freshman guards that you're going to give you some minutes too. So I think there's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way, but I think Illinois is going to develop big time. And I think in that 2018 season, which would be Io's freshman season, mm -hmm. I think Illinois is going to be a very good team. I think they're going to be a top four Big Ten team. Um, you know, because yep. you're going to have juniors, Kipper Nickel, Tajon Lucas. You're going to have all those sophomores. And then, of course, senior Leron Black and Michael Finke. So um, I think it's going to be a really, really good team in 2018. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're going to jump to and talk about, I think, the biggest news with Illini football, I mean, for, for the last month or two, uh, people were worrying about this Illini staff. Had the Lovey Smith luster, um, you know, d dampened? Had it fallen off to where maybe this Lovey effect didn't matter anymore? Does he have the right guys recruiting? People yeah. were ripping Paul Williams for not, you know, pulling his weight, which I told people, just be patient here, okay? Mm -hmm. People still trust Lovey, his NFL experience, his coaching expertise, they have an NFL staff, and look what's happened, Zach. The last week, yep. Illinois gotten basically a, a committed day almost feels like. Yeah, so they're, they're they're getting Florida kids, and why Illinois people may be complaining about the Illinois kids? If he's getting three star kids from Florida to come to Illinois and play, uh, I'm not going to complain because as nope. you can tell, with Ron Harge committing, they're going for size and speed. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, they're just they just do it different, um, you know. You look at um, P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, and, you know, it's almost a, a 180 in terms of how they recruit. And, you know, you can't – in this day and age, we want everything right now with Twitter and everything. And, you know, Lovey's just patient. You know, he takes his time with the process. And, you know, as we saw on signing day last year um, – or this year, in, in February, you know, you have so many kids um, – who hadn't committed yet? Who committed to Levy on on signing day? Um, so I don't. I don't Bobby Roundtree really sticks out to me for that. Yep, yep. That's Everybody the one I remember. Everybody and their mama thought he was going to yeah. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and that kid's going to help big time down the road. I think his potential is through the roof. But I just think people need to, you know, just give the staff some time. I said you're going to see some more results on the field this year. Let the staff do their thing. I said by mid to late August, if Illinois hasn't had any momentum going in recruiting, then maybe worry a little bit. But look, we're, we aren't even into July yet. You know, now they've got their seventh commit, and at least six of them are three star kids. They're at least a three star in every in one ranking, and that's you know, I'm not a guy who's only about you know number ranks and stars because if you look at Mikey Dudick, he was a two star. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think anybody in, in the Big Ten would take Mikey Dudek on their team. Yeah, I agree. So I think things are rounding to, to shape. I think Illinois is in good position with a couple other recruits. One in particular, 
particular, Novrick Jackson. I talked to him yesterday, and he told me that Illinois is at the top of his list, and Dad Warner talks to him every day. Um, you know, and for, when I talked, Paul Williams is doing a good job in Florida. People have complained to me about him, but he was instrumental in getting Rad Harge to come join Illinois with his teammate, Carlos Sandy. Um, so they play together down there uh, at Cardinal Gibbons um, in Fort Lauderdale. And so, um, you know, big things in Florida. Illinois is doing, you know, Donnie Abraham's down in Tampa again. You know, Illinois is going to be recruiting that Tampa area hard, the, the yeah. Florida area hard. And I think they're going to do great things. So um, now there is a big, I'm sure you saw the tweet, Luke Ford. Yeah. You know, oh, top man. 100 player, number two tight end in the country, told me he's going to be visiting Illinois again. This guy could be Lovey's first you know, top 100, yeah, four-star, you know, five-star recruit. You know, it's funny because if Luke Ford commits to Illinois, no one will ever complain again. You know, it's like you never have to doubt Lovey Smith ever again in your life if Luke Ford commits to Illinois. You know, it's um, the panicking can stop for a while. <laughs> He's, he's a game-changing piece. He's a surefire NFL guy. Um, you know, he'll probably be a three-year kid. He could be a four-year kid. He's going to be an all-Big Ten player eventually. You know, he's coveted by LSU, Michigan, Alabama, yep. Ohio State. The who's who want him. And, um, you know, I think he just – you could tell he wants that love and affection from Illinois Nation. He's posting yep. tweets, you know, asking where the love is. And I think he saw it. He had over 2,000 likes, 200-some retweets. Um, you know, so I just flat out asked him. I was like, you know, I see all this Illini stuff you're posting on Twitter. Do you mind me asking if you're going to come visit again, possibly before school starts? And he told me he is. You know, he wants yeah. to see it again. And, and the fact that he's coming to visit means something. People can say it won't, but he is definitely interested in, in being an Illini, not only with the alumni base, but I think he knows he's going to start from day one. And I think he loves the NFL coaching staff that Illinois has assembled. And Garrick McGee will use him well. Um, I, I'm really intrigued about the possibility of having him in, in Garrick's offense. Um, so, yeah, it's just a little bit of hope sprinkled in there uh, for the number one player in the state. Um, one more kid I want to mention who will be a big get, uh, maybe not as big as Luke Ford, but Curtis Brown, yeah. who went oh, to yeah. – he, he was down at IMG Academy where Donnie Abraham used to mm -hmm. coach. And he's now a safety secondary coach at Illinois. Yep. Um, there's ties there. Uh, I know Don Abraham's probably visiting him and seeing him, you know, as we speak. But um, he's—I've heard that Illinois is in his top is going to be in his top three, and I think Illinois is going to be definitely up there with Michigan and UCLA and others. So uh, Illinois is putting himself in great position, and I'm honestly not worried about them. I think that Illinois could easily. Um, easily be a uh, bull team this year. Six wins. I think there's a lot of youth on defense, but they've gotten better. They're getting better. They're getting stronger. Now, the question is, can Chase Crouch lead them to six wins? Yep, I totally agree with you on that. Um, there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of question marks um, because we only won three games last year, and we had what, some we had some we have some NFL players right now um, on the team last year that only won three games, um, and we have a lot of youth uh, on the roster right now, so I mean, um, I, I've got some concerns. Um, mostly, um, I don't know where all my concerns lie, but the quarterback positions one. Um, Sounds like Dwayne Lawson may not make it to campus. Yeah, um, so that's that was a concern from day one from a lot of people, um, even when he committed. Uh, but I think I think for me, for me, um, we're talking about concerns. Um, 
I think you're going to look at the uh, you know defensive line for right now. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of youth. Uh, I think mm-hmm. their line is going is, is going to be the biggest concern for me. I think uh, they're going to have a really good um, you know young secondary, yep. uh, but I think that the line is going to be the concern for me. Um, one one place I'm not concerned is going to be the running back position. Yeah, uh, they have huge depth there with Reggie Corbin and. Um, you know, Rayvon Bond are coming back now, and uh, Kendrick Foster is going to have a breakout. You know, he had a breakout junior year. I think he's going to have an even better senior season. So I think they can get to six wins. I'm excited to watch them with football here in the next couple months. Um, and, of course, on the next podcast, we'll talk even more about it as, as, as training camp gets to near. Uh, so for the final thing I want to get to today on first episode of From the Chief to the Shield is um, – you're not only doing writing a line, but you're working for, uh, you, you joined another place, correct? Yeah, I joined Armchair All-Americans, let's see, a couple weeks ago, um, a few weeks ago. Um, so I'll be writing for them very soon. Um, I'm still doing um, pieces here and there for writing a line. I um, love those guys and what they do for fan-sided and what they've done for me. Um, and I'm excited for this next chapter. And... Um, I think you may be seeing a little bit more from Ryan and I soon. So, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm going to actually be joining Zach uh, at Armchair All Americans covering Illinois sports. Um, I think we're going to be a great team. Uh, it's basically a new thing coming up. A few years ago, when Bleacher Report came up, you know, you know, some people weren't sure about it, but you know what? You got to go for it. And when you think something can be big, I feel like uh, not only can I help, you know, cover Illinois basketball recruiting for. Uh, Illinois Prep Bullseye, which I do for Roy Schmidt, um, but I can cover everything Illini at um, uh, Arm Trail Our Americans, covering yeah. Illinois with Zach. We're going to talk about football, basketball, recruiting uh, for both of them, coaching staff. Uh, we're going to be posting two articles a week coming up here in July. Yeah. Um, you know, and heck, maybe even three. Who knows? But we're going to be posting a couple articles a week. Um, you know, we'll feed off each other. We'll be a great team. So I think it's great that we can do these podcasts, and uh, you're going to get even more great Illini content from myself and Zach. Looking forward to it. It'll be good stuff. All right. So, again, uh, thanks for listening to the first episode of From the Chief to the Shield. And, um, you know, stay tuned. We'll be posting this on tonight on SoundCloud. Uh, and in a couple weeks we're going to have this on iTunes. Isn't that correct, Zach? Yeah. Um, we just – we. This first one won't be, but we're hoping that that the second episode will be available on iTunes, so you'll be able to subscribe to it there. Um, You'll be able to listen to it there as well as SoundCloud, but um, this first episode will be on SoundCloud only. All right, so that'll do it. Thanks again, Online Nation. Uh, We'll talk to you real soon. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks.